Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au, and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting, noon till one Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Every ball, well, most Sundays. I'll come to that later in the show. Three CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants, and we pay respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. Also acknowledging the intersection of queer and original inhabitants, which includes sister girls and brother boys, and acknowledging their unique contributions to diversity on and around all the lands. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show, and there's lots as a very good reason to do it today to contact out of the pan eight five five at gmail.com to SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for the posts on my page, Sally Goldner, and Out of the Pan 3CR 855am Melbourne. And there's reasons, because we have, um, well, very important guest on the show, and um, specific reason for opening with Stan Ridgway, I want to be a boss, because, well, we've got someone, I don't know if they're quite a boss, but we'll go with it. They, um, said person, is Commissioner for Gender and Sexuality. On the line, joining me, Ro Allen. Ro, welcome to 3CR. Oh, thanks for having me, Sally. A pleasure, and thanks for your time on a Sunday as we get to the end of what's been, well, an exhausting year on many fronts. Um, I just posted before on um, in a group on Facebook that I was grateful for a friend with a spa last night. <laughs> it's been a bit like that and all that sort of thing. So, um, you know, let's get to it. First of all, well... Um, we're back. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've, got to be, I've got to ask the really tough, incisive question. Did you seriously expect a result of that you know, degree? Because I don't think anyone really did. No, I, you know, you prepare yourself uh, as a public servant for, you know, a blue book or a red book. That's what you give the different governments on, their, uh, on, on the Monday or the Sunday afterwards. And I prepared myself for the blue book and the red book, but never... Now, on on the actual Saturday to watch those numbers come in. I think it was really affirming for the whole equality agenda, I reckon. This is a really good point, and I, did, I was very pleased to see the Premier's comment. Um, you know, I um, want to talk about just a little beyond LGBTI and in relation to that and people rejecting the politics of division. But mm-hmm. um, that was three weeks ago. Uh, old hat, we've got a... Um, what is it? You can only influence the present and the future now. So... We wanted to talk about the future, and I've been trying to get um, you or someone on for a few weeks since the election, and lo and behold, by happy serendipitous coincidence, an event on Thursday night prompted this, which is um, all very um, worthwhile. It was sort of a, you could say, a bit of a, well, I'm going to say not a blueprint, because I'm going to call it a rainbow print, because it had all the colours, for the next four years of our rainbow communities, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a chance for Minister Foley, Martin Foley, to bring everybody together and sort of talk about what we have achieved and outline his agenda and the Andrews government agenda for the next four years. And 
it's a pretty exhausting uh, list to go through it all, but it's really underpinned by a strategy. The first time in Victoria we'll have an LGBTIQ strategy for Victorians, and, that, and then everything drops out of that. It's going to be fabulous. Well, this is the thing. I think in the, the last term there was a lot of catch-up footy to do, things you know, for that affect you know, the broad rainbow, such as the Rural Roadshow and the Pride Centre, and then specific, say specifically trans, the Monash Clinic and the Children's Clinic. And, um, you know, we've sort of cleared up a bit of the immediate, um, you know, sort of to-do list. Now we can be a little more strategic, which I think is really good. Um, But there's also, it was great to see a huge range of intersectionality. And, well, I'll start near the front of the alphabet. Um, And I should, sorry, I should declare two things, any opinions on this program on my own. But I think, obviously, for today, I need to declare interest as a committee member of Bisexual Alliance Victoria and Transgender Victoria as well. But let's start with the B, because often it doesn't get on the list at all. Yeah, and, um, you know, I saw, I was watching some um, bisexual friends' faces when Minister, you know, talked about the bisexual funding and, um, you know, also multi-gender attracted. I think, you know, yeah, he's not necessarily the hippest guy, but he's getting really good at it, I reckon. So <laughs> it was great to have him have him up there announcing that funding and um, that collaboration, and it's exciting. I mean, you know, I think... Just to go back to your catch-up point, you know, we did catch up, but we saw so much work that we still mm. haven't done in that space. And bisexuality, multi-gender attracted, is clearly one of those areas. Well, yeah, it hasn't had any specific attention before, but, you know, we have enough research from around and about that we know it needs to happen. So the Bi5 project um, will, um, you know, sort of more to, more to come in a few weeks. So that was, a very, you know, just very good to see. And I have to say that, it was largely, you know, this whole, you know, intersection, you know, sort of intersectional, pretty much tick, tick, tick. So that was very, very welcome. Every child won a prize, Sally, I think. <laughs> well, look, I will um, come into one there that maybe didn't get a mention because two-thirds of our of people who work in the sex industry identify as LGBTIQ, and I wanted to ask you about that, if there's any plans to for law reform in that area at this stage and intersection because it does intersect with um, the LGBTIQ community. Sure. So I've heard reports that it's up to 70 75% of uh, sex workers are LGBTI, yep. so... I think that's about what you're going with, Sally, isn't it? That's it, yeah. And um, yeah. for more information on that, people can look at um, local sites like Vixen Collective Vixen, and Scarlet yeah. Alliance. Yep. So there wasn't an election commitment to have a look at that. Um, excitingly, I think um, Fiona Patton got back into the mm. upper house, um, which will, will you know, continue to put pressure in that space. But I, I think, yeah, you're right to mention it. It wasn't one of the pre-election commitments. Yeah, so something to look at, and particularly because two days from today, in terms of the live broadcast of this show, December 17th is International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers, so it is important that we keep that on the rainbow radar, so to speak, um, and um, you know, sort of try to work with that. And of course, that leads to the other thing, the Upper House was finally declared this week, and well, I'll, you'd have to say, I think overall, a bit more positive than some of the shenanigans that we faced last time? Oh, look, I think for the LGBTIQ community, uh, the upper house will be a lot more friendly, uh, which is terrific. Um, you know, we really put people through the ringer having to go and, uh, you know, bear their souls and uh, plead for votes in the upper house. And I, just, I don't want it to ever have to do that again. 
yeah, look, it was pretty awful, but also, of course, some of the debates on the trans birth certificate reform bill that we had to endure were, um, or some of the comments from some, I'll say, some, I'll be diplomatic, some members of parliament, um, gritted teeth, um, that sort of thing, were pretty awful, um, every certainty of that. And so, you know, yes, that some of them are still there, but it does seem like things have shaped out a little better than um, last time. Yeah, we, we won't, you know, rest on that, Sally. We make sure yeah. that my job, my job was about explaining the... I'll, I'll be going and sort of explaining the bill, uh, best of my ability, to, to all the upper house and lower house members. I mean, ideally, to get bipartisan support, you know, mm. in this way would be really good. And, you know, I think I think the, the opposition has, has um, changed significantly as well, and I think there's opportunities, and people learn and evolve, and I think we just need to keep... You know, going to the well of graciousness and keep having the conversations and explaining the issues and, you know, um, seeing if we can get more people supportive. Well, that's the thing. The more um, numbers there are in each house who are on side, it does make for a more united approach on this issue. Um, oh, and absolutely. Is there... Or at least uh, re- reduce some of the really hurtful debate and ignorance in, in the parliament. Yep. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. If Even if we can cut down the, some of the really extreme stuff from last time, that's got to be an improvement. Now, we've had um, it's all happening here. We've had a couple of questions in from listeners. One's just come in from one of our regular listeners, um, Melina, who says, begin quote, congratulations to Roe and her wonderful work. What impact, if any, will the federal election have here in Victoria and the agenda um, enjoying the show today? Cheers, end quote. So... There's a good thought. I mean, there's a federal election due in roughly the next six months, it's looking like. Um, any yep. thoughts there? Well, there's not much of a change at all uh, in, in Victoria. The um, religious exemption work that's going on, well, I don't know as much is going on, uh, around uh, LGBTI students in schools. The Premier in Victoria has said that um, we'll, we'll see what they do in Canberra and we'll fix that up. So... Yeah, which is a sort of a, a high level comment, meaning um, you know whatever they do, we're going to to look at making sure that you know students, teachers, gardeners, people uh, in Victoria schools uh, are safe from discrimination. Uh, it doesn't help the rest of the country, so we do need to make sure that we you know continue to do that national work. But um, there's a commitment to make sure that you know every school in Victoria now is a safe school, every state school and yeah. special school, not private school, but every state school under the safe school team. So, and, you know, as you know, Premier Daniel Andrews came out so strongly about safe schools. So, no, the federal election won't affect the equality agenda in Victoria. It obviously affects the rest of the states that don't have such a progressive government. Yep. No, no, fair enough. Thanks for answering that. And, yeah, there's... um that was noticed that um, you know on the, on mainstream media on the Monday morning after the election, Daniel Andrews spoke out strongly in favour of safe schools, which is welcome. So that's you know it's a huge win. I mean, you know I still remember when the program had its first launch in Victoria in two thousand and ten. There were a lot of us middle aged type of chooks in pants, sort of shedding a few tears, going, "Oh my gosh, you know this is what we've needed." And mm. so to, when it went under threat, it was pretty awful. But um, hopefully now we can get. A, um, a t- turn in the tide. Um, just coming back to the birth certificates legislation. I mean, is there any plan on timing yet, or still to, to be TBC no, as they say? We, we, we've got to get our elbows out. Every, there's a whole lot of parts of government that didn't get things up in the last term that think they should be first. So it's just a matter of um, 
smiling at the right people and getting on the cabinet list. Uh, it, will, it will absolutely happen. It's just you can't say exactly when. And uh, that legislative agenda and timeline hasn't been drawn out yet. But I'm talking to the right people and, you know, smiling in the right places. And hopefully we'll, we'll be really... If we're not at the front of the list, we'll be up high on the list anyway. That sounds fair enough to me, um, which would be very, very welcome. Um, you know, it's... Uh, to have that sense of um, obviously something that's a big ticket item, but I think also now it's fair to say some a sense of catharsis from what happened a couple of years ago would be very, very welcome. Um, so, yeah, there's a a, t- um, a tea issue. There's, it was good to see one area that, you know, I still think, and as someone who's an educator in this area, you know, when we say we're doing LGBTI training, usually the first question is what's intersex? Um, yep. It was good to see an announcement for our intersex part, um, intersex family as well on Tuesday, uh, Thursday night. Tell us a bit about that one. Well, I think that absolutely is an area that we didn't get done in the first term. You know, we did a lot of work with an intersex expert advisory group, yep. but we just got to the caretaker period and everything went shut down. So we've got a resource that's just about ready to go, as well as some parent resources and the announcement of $200,000 for further research and peer support, which is really, really important for for parents of um, brand new uh, children with an intersex variation. So, you know, it's the beginning and we'll keep working with that community, which is growing, which is terrific. We've got a whole lot more intersex advocates, some of that have come through the leadership program and a really strong voice developing, which is going to help our work in that area. Yep. Yeah, no, there's a, um, you know, that is a fair point. I mean, you know, for a long time it seemed to about well, I know there wasn't, but you know, three or four more prominent intersex people, and you know, one of the highlights of this year, um, going beyond Victoria, was at the Health Indifference Conference in Sydney, where there were twelve people with intersex variations on a panel, which was quite amazing and great, great to see. You know, a, a step forward, um, which is very, very welcome. Um, the other thing about intersex, um, you know, I, I know that one of the um, key issues, of course, faced is the often well, unwanted and unneeded surgeries um, that are forced on intersex infants. Is there any plan to move legislatively on that? Um, not, a, not an election commitment, but a, a real uh, commitment to the intersex community to keep having a look at it and keep working with it. So, you know, and we bring the, the medical profession and the intersex advocates together at the table, and you know, we've been able to get you know a clear uh, discussion paper, which really puts the flag in the, in the ground pointing in that direction. Um, but, it's, you know, it's quite contestable space, as you can understand, about what's cosmetic, what's required and what's, uh, you know, discretionary. And it's the discretionary piece about that we need that multidiscipline team to be making decisions. So whether it's legislation, Sally, or whether it's really tight guidelines, it'll be something we will keep working in that space and hopefully land somewhere where we can uh, we can all get agreement. Yep. No, that's that's much needed because it's, you know, I do feel for the intersex part of our family. I mean, you know, there's been a lot more talk about trans. I feel that we're sort of just getting to a corner on by multigender attracted. But I sometimes, yeah, as I say, there still isn't that visibility out there for people with intersex variations. Um, it's, you know, and that sort of it seems to be lagging behind. So if we can, we'll say, level the playing field of equity, so to speak, it's yeah. got to be good. It's a real priority for me, absolutely, and now we've got that green line. Yep. There was a question I wanted to ask talking about the playing field of equity. Let's drill down, you know, we've got a lot of things to do, but sometimes, you know, 
let's let's call use to use a favourite phrase of yours. Let's call a spade a shovel. We don't play equitably in terms of process within our rainbow communities. Often we don't have a broad enough range of people at the table. Um, sometimes we, when some are, some are spoken down to by others, and we don't always do win-win solutions that well. Would the government be interested in looking at process, you know, some sort of roundtable on how we can start moving past this so that we, you know, do get more effectively to equity? Because there's a saying a good process leads to a better outcome um, so that we could and also to help retain people in um, LGBTI involvement if they felt they didn't have to just fight to get to the table then, fight to be heard, fight to be heard as an equal and we could get on with it. Is the government look interested in looking at that sort of um, deeper issue that would really you know, shore up the foundations of our rainbow communities? I, I wouldn't say no to any of that, Sally. I think that the government has shown a real commitment to co-design with a, with a task force, with an intersex working party, with a trans and gender diverse one, with you know, lots of uh, health and human services working party and a justice working party. There's formal ways that people can uh, get to the table, but there's all, always, you know, co-design in hopefully everything we do. We're co-designing the LGBTI uh, family violence strategy and, you know, a whole range of things. I think the leadership program is another way that we're giving people, equipping them to to get the voice to be strong advocates at the table. Yeah. Um, we'll be advertising for another 30 people. You know, it is a bit limited. I know we can do 30 at a time, but it's a really intensive program run by Leadership Victoria. So, look, I can't speak for everybody in government, but I'm always open to ways that we can give people a voice and, you know, equip them as well. Uh, I think that's, that's why I'm so excited about yeah. the 30 graduates, you know, and you see them. I mean, you know, Ruby's just graduated, fantastic, um, multi-attractive person who, you know, has a radio station and is going, radio station, but just promoted a radio show. And she's going from strength to strength, and, and and that's a real powerful voice. So, it's a you know it's really about how we how we you know, help help those groups and individuals within those groups get yeah. their voice. I suppose the point that comes up though, and many times I've experienced this, and so have others, where um, talk you know when talking about bi and trans issues, we're just sort of talked down and talked over by people who are not bi and trans, which is not right. And I suppose it's about trying to prevent that sort of thing. But also, if it is, if it does happen, and I've had it happen to me in government settings, what are the things that we can do that can either prevent it, or is there a policy that if you're in a meeting representing, say, Transgender Victoria by Alliance and someone is trans or biphobic, are there processes other than, say, anti-discrimination law, which sometimes might not cover you if you're there as a volunteer, that um, are are available or could be um, worked on so that we'd help retain people and get better resolution? Oh, I think we could look at processes, but I think it goes back to the principles of nothing about us without us. And if we don't have... Yeah, if we're talking about trans people and we don't have trans people at the table, that's problematic. And if somebody's talking over them, um, you know, that needs to... You know, needs to have a strong chair and needs to be stamped out. Um, I think we've got... We've got a real opportunity to, to turn lesbian and gay folks into allies. Yeah. An ally needs to be able to open the door and bring people through and give them a voice, not to be the voice. Absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, I, you know, the, the Victorian Pride Centre, first LGBTI org, that's got a trans person now in a position of leadership as deputy chair, you know, like we've got a big... Actually, there's gay lesbian people moving inside and letting other letters of the alphabet actually hold those positions. 
trying to do it, everyone's trying to do it, and we need a funnel of folks that are ready to step into those positions of leadership as well. But, it, yeah, it, it means stepping aside, and I think that as a leader, you, you know, you need, to, you need to do that. I mean, I was, I was invited to Canada to speak at an ageing conference. Well, you know, for some people I'm old, but you know, I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not really, and... You know, I stepped aside and, um, you know, the Victorian government sent Brenda Appleton, you know. Really yeah. powerful to give her a voice to go and, you know, be on an international platform and have that stage. But people have got to give up their seats at the table. And, you know, not everyone's keen to do that, fellas. It's a, it's a process in itself. Yeah. No, I think people people have fought so hard for their own seats, you know, and they, they haven't even got warm and they've got to give it up. So it's a... It's a balancing act. And we need, but ultimately, if we're talking about trans people, we need trans people to have the voice. If we're talking about intersex folks, you know, it has to be led by an intersex conversation. Yeah, fair enough. Now, on a lighter note, we've had another question come in, um, and um, this is from um, Joe, who uses they-them pronouns, and asks a very hard, tough question. What job would you want to be doing if you weren't doing this one? And you may take that seriously or humorously. I have the best job in the world. I mean, it is. My people have said, "Oh, are you going to go for the national job?" No, I'm not. No, I love it in Victoria. Um, I am so humbled and honoured to be waking up every day and be the commissioner for gender and sexuality in Victoria. I truly have the best job. Somebody asked me this the other day, "What do you want to do after this?" I have no idea. You know, everything's got a limited life, and I know that, and one day I'll need to step aside to give somebody else a go. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going anywhere just yet. This is the most amazing place to be. Yep. No, look, that's a, f- a fair call. I often sometimes get asked, what's my f- um, job if I wasn't doing what I was doing? And, of course, my fantasy job would be to be a world wrestling entertainment announcer. Um, <laughs> I, I keep sending my audition tapes to Vincent McMahon and somehow they keep bouncing back in the email box. Anyway, um, that's another story. But um, coming back to trans, of course, the um, big announcement that affects this show is the uh, and declaring the interest as a committee member of Transgender Victoria is the Trans Peer Support Program, which, um, well, is, as someone I know would say, um, excite balls. Um, you know, let's talk a little about that one. Yeah, well, I think it's a global... I'm going to say global first until someone corrects me. Uh, you know, it's, it's a million dollars of peer support. We just know how important it is for trans and gender diverse to be supported by their own community uh, and picked up in isolated areas across Victoria as well. And again, as what I've said before, it's about training folks, helping them get a voice. So being able to train other uh, trans and gender diverse folks to be able to be peer support. You know, I think there's like 19 different groups, Sally, you yeah. know. Across, and that's probably grown since then. And, you know, everyone needs to keep their own independence around their group, but be able to come together and uh, share some, you know, common things and training and support and resources, it's, it's going to be going to be an awesome project, absolutely awesome. And part of its, you know, genesis comes from the idea that, you know, there are great waiting lists for medical services, and in the meantime, you know, we need to make sure we pick up people and support them. And, you know, some people will go through a medical process and others won't. And, you know, the peer support process is a great holding pattern, if you like, and working out time of your life to figure out where you're going and what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, um, connection's critical, but 
we all, we the phrase that well if I have a phrase of the year that I learned it's the phrase lived expertise which takes it higher than lived experience and I just think if we could sort of document that um, find out what we could learn from a whole range of stories and I've been thinking about this you know not obviously we need to be intersectional disabilities sex workers multicultural but also I know of someone who went through her whole journey without connecting to a trans support group at all which always sort of amazes me so yeah. it's the people who sort of did it a bit well somewhat in stealth um to use that term that i think could ha- offer some tremendous resources as well so we've sort of got to make sure we get that whole intersection covered but as i say the the potential is huge on this one so very very important and talking intersectionality you know look um you know one area that whilst not directly LGBTIQ, there was, of course, some of the, well, prejudice against people of African origin, particularly African origin and dark skin during the campaign. And whilst it's not directly an LGBTIQ issue, are there any plans to just give that um, community, I'll say overall, um, first of all, a boost? Because, um, you know, I I know I I can empathize, I didn't, I don't know people myself, a lot of that background, but must have been devastating to um, sort of, you know, go through have to listen to that sort of stuff um are there strategies coming across um yet to sort of start or being worked on to deal with that situation well in the last term of government uh, we had lgbti multicultural grants five hundred thousand dollars and there's a commitment to continue to continue those uh and i think you know in, where it crosses with the african community we need to keep talking to families, there's money for family um, reunification, I suppose, or, you know, the idea of that is is money for counselling for families when you come out. Uh, And we know for multicultural communities that, you know, the conversations haven't always happened uh, and they may be a bit behind uh, the rest of the community. So uh, it's important that we provide that counselling into that space, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. And also, you know, the, the thing that I was getting to was some of the well, divisive policies from other places that what would have hurt, you know, sort of... So I'm talking, let's have the wider African community, you know, strategies in there um, as well. So I'm going beyond LGBTI a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going into... I mean, this is the boring machinery of government, but we're going into a, uh, a thing called Fair Victoria. So LGBTI, multicultural, office for youth, um, office for women you know, all the minority groups, I suppose, are going into Fair Victoria. Which, yep. will, you know, I think is actually fantastic, not my idea, but fantastic, to bring all those groups together. So I hope that we do a whole lot more collaboration where we where we have issues of racism across multicultural and LGBTI communities because there's a whole lot of racism, racism in our community as well, that we can strategise and work together and, and, and support each other in that space. Yep. No, look, I think there is an increasing empathy, let's say, within the LGBTI plus communities on intersectionality, but also going beyond LGBTI saying, yeah, we're after, you know, fair go, inclusivity, respect. Um, There's got to be some, there's obviously crossover. How can we do it together more effectively, all that sort of thing. So that is promising. Um, There was one other thing that that I wanted to bring up Thursday night, and then I'll throw it open to you. Actually, there's a couple but one that I was, you know, was, you know, and I sort of pondered this and I just don't know, I can only just ask this, you know, the comments that came up against you that during the election campaign that your role was 
well, I have to use quote marks, I suppose, vague and nebulous, end quote. <laughs> I mean, which I find bizarre, but I've heard a couple of times that some of those um, allegations were assisted by some, I'll use the phrase, insurgency within some LGBTI community um, people. And I find that extraordinary. Um, have you managed to track down, if, you know, is there any truth to that? And have you managed to track down the people who started no, that sort of nonsense? No. And there's no, you know, there's absolutely no point in that at all. And I, you know, I, people who know me uh, call me all sorts of things, Sally. Vague and nebulous is not is not one of them. So I think that what it does say is that, you know, maybe we need to communicate better what I am doing. Mm. Um, and, you know, Facebook, my Facebook doesn't reach everybody all the time. So it certainly made me think about ways we can talk about, um, you know, what the commission is doing and what's in the scope of work. Um, how you can, you know, uh, access and, and, you know, talk to me about issues, maybe those sorts of things. Uh, the strategy will be the most strategic thing that I'm involved with. And, um, you know, I think we can can be more strategic. Yeah, but I, I'd like to be spontaneous as well. You know, if I was strategic, I wouldn't go to everything that I go to. And sometimes when I get an invitation to a community group to go to something, you know, Horsham, it's really important that I go. It may not be strategic. Uh, it's certainly not nebulous, but it, you know, sometimes I've, you know, there's, there's structured stuff I do, and then other times I do just go to things where I'm invited, uh, and hopefully that gives an authorising environment for those groups and communities to get on with what they need to do. So, you know, I, I, um, I think you have to listen to the feedback, adapt it where it's, you know, where it's needed, and ignore it as well. And I think just. You know, I'm a public servant. I can't get tied up on the politics or try to stay above the politics. Uh, you know, I'm, no, no one's perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. But I have had three years of experience in this now, and I hope that, you know, going forward in the next four years that, um, you know, we can be highly effective and uh, very strategic. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, you know, and I suppose that leads to one other thing in a similar role. Some I was having, again, a discussion with a friend about this last night, but it's something that comes up a lot. It's sort of similar to the issue I raised earlier, but it's also there seems to be a bit of a gap between the more conservative end of the LGBTI community and the progressive end. And I, I have to be honest, I, I trust, you know, the generalisation that is the phrase rich white gay men, I have a problem with that, but that's how it's often referred to. Um, how you know? There's another gap that perhaps needs bridging within the community. Um, any thoughts on that one? Well, it's it's a, such a diverse community. I mean, everybody everybody is completely different. You've got LGBTI people of faith. You've got all the different multicultural communities. Uh, green voters, red voters, you know, Labor voters, Liberal voters, and we're all part of community, and we all have to work together and come to some common ground. You know, I I think it's like the um, you know, people call it the oppression Olympics about mm. you know, who's more who's more oppressed. But, you know, we have to remember that white gay males, you know, lost four out of five of their closest friends, you know, had, you know, hate crimes against them as well. And, you know, I don't know how, priv- you know, you call that privileged. Um, they're in a, potentially in a different situation now. But, you know, as I said to the leadership team, that, you know, on their induction, and they reminded me on their graduation last Saturday, so... It doesn't matter how much privilege you have as long as you're leaving the bejeebas out of it for everybody else. That's the um, thought, yep. Yeah, that's that's the key to privilege. And what, what you know, there's many things on my agenda and, you know, family violence, conversion therapy, reform, but, you know, the lateral violence, 
goal was to turn that into lateral love and to see that, you know, it's not about privilege, it's not about level of oppression or what letter of the alphabet you are and where you're on the pecking order, if there is such a thing. But, you know, that we are, we, are, we all have strength, we all have weaknesses. And um, if we could turn that, you know, particularly around Christmas, if you celebrate Christmas, uh, you know, that, that lateral violence we do on each other to lateral love, that would be amazing. Yep. Um, which leads to a few, um, there's only a couple more things left. Um, I just want to make sure we have everything covered from Thursday and there's, you know, there was, there's work coming up. It's a huge list and I have to admit, I, you know, (laughs) well, we had the technological hitch, so we didn't actually see the slide. Couple of things we've forgotten. Well, I know one is um, disability, and and you know we'll say the ballpark next doorish, which is neuroprocessing as well. Um, there's plans there as well, which um, is definitely worthy of a mention. Yeah, we've funded some, you know, in initial research um, in partnership with Galfa, uh, and there's plans to do that more and keep supporting. Uh, it's an, it's definitely an intersection that we need to do more work on um, as we move forward. So. There's some, there's some key things there, um, but a lot more work needs to be done. NDIS rollout and the LGBTI guidelines that the federal government doing, we've been actively involved in, in trying to improve those as well. So, you know, and there's, I mean, in the community sector, there's great things, of course. There's uh, Margarita Coppolino is uh, trying to establish um, a, a national peak, and you know, I'm trying to assist her in that as well. And you know, there's, there's lots of things and lots of good people we just have to keep. Yeah, keep the momentum going. Look, there was mountains covered, um, you know, youth, homelessness, um, pretty much. I was sitting there going, yep, you've ticked that, ticked that, <laughs> which is kind of nice because, you know, we haven't always, you know, in a, as a community, we haven't always done intersectionality well enough, but it seems like we're, you know, giving it a, a good shot. So that was really good. And, um, you know, is there... Um, hopefully we'll get something onto a website soon that perhaps at least summarises all of these. Yeah, we will. Yep. We will. A, a real commitment to, obviously, the Pride Centre, Australia's first Pride Centre. We're funding Joy Radio, keep it on, oh, sorry, the competitor, uh, to, to help that uh, keep a voice and um, move into the Pride Centre switchboard, uh, 500000 for counselling. Um, you know, there's so many pieces in this uh, package there is something in there for everyone, and a lot more work to do. So, so, well, that's the thing. Look, I did grab Martin Foley as we were lining up for the big group photo and saying, "Can you sneak a coffee allowance into the appropriations budget next year because we're going to be pretty busy?" He he seemed amenable to that. So, um, yeah, there <laughs> we go. Kind of need, I mean, he said, and, and you, you know, I reiterate this: it's not what government can do. You know, we only did what we did because of the community support and work. And that's the same with the next four years. It's all that, you know, it's all the work that all the working parties, the justice working parties, to finalise the legislation, the intersex working parties to figure out, you know, the best way forward for the peer support money. You don't just throw money randomly. It's all going to be co-designed with community, which means, uh, you know, it's a lot of work, not just for me. It's going to be a lot of work for everybody to make sure we, you know, it's not an unlimited bucket of money, so we need to make sure that we, Fair enough. All right. Look, um, I've kept you for a long time, and probably the phones, um, the batteries on the end of the phone there, or something. But just um, 
The last um, thing which is of importance, Melina, our correspondent, has um, come in again um, with a question um, which is really, really important. Um, thank, and says, thanks, quote, thanks for your response, Ro. What are you planning to do for Christmas and what's your New Year's wish for the community? Happy holidays to you, Sally and Ro. You both deserve a well-earned break. Thank you, uh, Melina. Yeah, um, so <laughs> there's the tough question to end on, um, you know, sort of, um, but seriously, what are you planning to do over the festive season um, or, or not do, I could say? Um, and, yeah, New Year's wish. Well, uh, Christmas Eve is... Um, with Alex's dad's family and his family, so that's Christmas Eve. Christmas morning, I'm spending with community. Uh, and yes. Street. We're having an orphan's Christmas for those that um, don't have family or are away from family that are part of the LGBTI community. So Kay and Alex and I are looking forward to that. I have a rainbow uh, Santa hat ready to go. Uh, that Sunday night is my sister puts on a Christmas dinner, so you know, I'll be rolling home. Uh, and then I'm just going up to a country place to try and... Yeah, sorry, we're getting a bit of break up there. I might get you to just try to get closer to the phone or something to end. Just yeah. wishing everybody a very uh, joyous season and happy time. That sounds like a fair thing to end on. Yeah, look, um, it's been a busy four years, a busy year this year, but I also get the feeling, both just in the broader community, I, I do get the feeling that, you know, the state election result was part of a sort of, you know, turn into a better direction after some of the nastiness we've seen in society, in Australian society at least, in the last few years. So, yeah, let's try to recoup and regroup and come back and of course well as much as i love midsummer i don't even think i can mention it yet but we'll see you around the midsummer traps see you then, Sally. Thanks and for having me. the other thing is we've got to get you on to 3cr more often um on this show or in your face or um queering the air if that's something they want to do so um we'll have to um work on that in yeah. um, um for next book, year as well book me up all right um i'll um well your people will talk to my people or something Terrific. Thanks, Sally. Thanks, Thanks for your everybody. time on a Sunday, Row, and have some relaxation. And, yeah, I'll catch you in 19. Catch you then. Ro Allen, Gender and Sexuality Commissioner, a busy, busy person, so we're glad we got her on a Sunday. A very extended interview there. Um, um, the music selection that was all queer favourites is sort of going by the wayside today, but we'll have some of it just to wrap up the show. And thanks, Melina. Um, he says, brilliant interview, Sally. Thanks for asking important questions that have been neglected in the past. Well, none, yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing. I think you've got something there, Melina, which I've been reflecting on. We now have at least, it's fair to say, four more years of a very supportive government. We can not only get the outcomes, you know, such as the birth certificates or the peer support, um, those sorts of things, but maybe we can look at the processes and, you know, sort of fix the cracks in the foundation of our community as well. So that could be, um, yeah, very exciting. Um, I'd better give myself a chance to take a breath and regroup. We'll just come back and clean up some of the news of the week and things what are coming up. Um, in the meantime, well, um, if it's going to be a quiz show, let's have Becky Cole and a better man. 
Looking for a gift for the lefty in your life this Christmas? 3CR has a range of publications, clothing, CDs, wine and other products available online or from the station. New items include the 2019 How to Make Trouble and Influence People Diary, which features a radical event in Australian history for each day of the year, as well as stories and images covering Indigenous Australian resistance, strikes, street art, convict escapes, creative direct action, blockades, protests and occupations. Also available is Fighting for Spaces, Fighting for Our Lives, a collection of essays, photographs and first-hand accounts about squatting movements from around the world today. And On the Fly, an anthology which features dozens of stories, poems and songs originally produced by American hobos from the 1870s to the 1940s. Sale of these publications all help keep 3CR on air. For more information or to make a purchase, visit 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Words out. Freedom of species has hit the airwaves. Tune in for debates and updates on both local and international animal protection news and events. And learn about how you can live a cruelty-free, sustainable lifestyle. News, views and non-leather shoes. That's Freedom of Species, 1pm Sundays on 3CR. Authorised by the last few remaining kangaroos, Canberra. 3CR, a diverse range of programming. Um, 3CR on, 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR on demand. Lots of ways to listen. And yeah, Freedom of Species coming up in around 10 minutes time. If you're listening live, of course, if you're listening um, via podcast or repeat to this show, um, you can catch the Out of the uh, Freedom of Species podcast. And got to give thanks again to the fab crew from Freedom of Species, who last week asked me to, um, gave me 10 minutes of their show. Um, I missed my my bus, no, nothing of the sort after the show, um, to um, have a chat to the president of the Animal Justice Party. And I've got to say, since then, um, that interview where um, he was very supportive and ensured me that Andy Medic, who's now been confirmed in the uh, Legislative Council, um, will be supportive. I've heard lots of other good things about Andy from totally independent sources. So, um, yeah, touch wood, fingers crossed, we could get some progressive stuff uh, stuff done in this um, term of the state parliament. And, yeah, look, um, you know, I've got it's good to see Fiona Patton back. I mean, someone with her skills who can sort of um, get people through what could have been emotive issues like the um, assisted dying and the safe, um, the injecting room and the safe zone around abortion, abortion clinics last time. Pretty awesome. So touch wood, fingers crossed, it could happen. Lots could happen. And, of course, not just for queer issues, but lots of social justice issues and animal justice issues as well. So thanks again to Freedom of Species. Things, what are coming up? Um, Alphabet Soup um, this um, Tuesday night. Um Spectrum, the neuro-processing um, um, LGBTIQ group. Um, there's some intersectionality in at Carlton on Wednesday the 19th. Um, Trans Cafe Night also on the same night. Bent TV and the last shed for the year is um, December 23. And there's shed events going all through the summer. Um, of course, they'll be at Midsummer Carnival. The Trans Central Station stall is um, being put on the tracks, so to speak. Um, which we really cool, and I've got to say, I had a chance finally to have at least an initial glance or 
or sort of skim read through the midsummer program, um, it, there's some diversity, huge range of trans and gender diverse events. Of course, we had the gang from um, the Rest Is Dragging a couple of weeks ago, but it's the biggest trans program I've ever seen. But great to see two events focusing on intersex with the fabulous Bonnie Hart. There's an ace event, a buy event. I've got to give a full full tick to that. And you know, I was um, I was having a chat to some people from Midsummer, and they you know to coincide with the comment on, with that we had with Roe. You know, you can have just put more chairs at the table um, or get a bigger table. You don't have to you know squash people around, so to speak. It can be done. So um, a huge thing to see that diversity. Um, you know, it just sort of, it really is shining there. So I'll go through some of the events and, you know, try to get through some of them next week. It is, in those immortal words, a packed program, um, which is very, very good to see. Um, yes, and it's, well, it's about a few minutes away from me saying it's um, good afternoon from me and it's good afternoon from her. So, um, yeah, lots going on. Um, what else is coming up? Um, yeah, the buy discussion group obviously won't be happening um, on usual fourth Tuesday because uh, that's Christmas Day and no, we'll all be doing stuff with um, other things. But um, the good news is that um, there's probably going to be some sort of informal buy event, a sort of catch-up, socialise, nibblies thing um, in that weekend between Christmas and New Year. Watch the Buy Alliance Victoria Facebook page. And as Ro touched on, there's a great event being put on by Drummond Street on Christmas morning and sort of Orphans Christmas event at Flagstaff Gardens, and um, that's incredibly welcome as well. Um, very good to see because um, you know not Christmas isn't, of course, the happiest time for lots of people. It can be outright challenging if you're not getting on well with family of origin about, say, sexual orientation or gender identity and stuff like that. And, of course, the good people at Switchboard are there, one eight hundred one eight four five two seven or QLife around the country, including Switchboard here in Victoria. And hello to those in Tasmania as well. Um, so, yeah, um, they're there as well. Um, I'm just trying to bring up um, details of the event um, in Flagstaff Gardens on Christmas morning. I'll have to make sure I do that next week. But, yes, um, Queer Space putting that on, being organised by that event organiser extraordinaire, Ali Hogg. Um, so um, um, hopefully, well, you don't have to stop the trams for that one, Ali, um, as you all, you know, you didn't really have to do that, but um, get as many permits or whatever. So that should be really awesome. And as Rose said, um, Rose um, rocking along to, I think, help out the Rainbow Barbecue there um, um, on the job on the 25th of December which is very, very welcome. Here it is, Queer Space Breakfast in the Park, Christmas morning, 9.30 till noon, Flagstaff Gardens, corner of King and Dudley Streets in the CBD, so that's got to be near Flagstaff Station, of course, if you need to catch public transport. And as the blurb on this Facebook event says, um, you know, on the Queer Space page, it was posted on 7 December, um, the queers will take over Flagstaff Gardens and feast on breakfast foods, including vegan and halal options. Um, live music, gifts, face painting and games for the young and young at heart. Um, you can be young at heart. Um, we know the holiday period can be hard for many, so we need our queer village, so join it in. Um, and, yeah, you can call Ali on 0403 19430 for directions if you or if you want to help out in some way. That is a really awesome move um, to see that. It's been very much welcomed. I think we need to do this um, and getting lots of... 
um, positive um, sort of comments underneath. So very, very good to see that sort of diversity are happening. Um, yeah. Um, now, the other thing, yes, I'm in next week, and then I'm sorting off for six weeks. Um, yes, I'm going to use up all my annual leave and get loading at 17.5% on top of that, which is 17.5% times zero. Anyway, let's not do that old gag again. Um, you know, So, um, yeah, in next week, and I'm lining up some shows for the next six weeks, so I'll be posting each week um, as to what the repeat is for six weeks, summer programming, and I'll be back in the second Sunday of February um, after um, Pride March, which I think that as my um, calendar is trying to tell me is about the, um, will be the 10th. So yeah, in next week, six weeks of repeats, and then I'm back on Sunday the 10th to kick off 2019. Um, going to be a big year, I think, on lots of fronts. Um, but right now, better get out of here and make way for freedom of species. Uh, thanks once again to the Commission, Ro Allen, for an extended conversation on the show today covering a whole range of intersectionality and diversity. And yeah, we've got to get um, Ro on, of course, a Labor government, Labor, a big supporter of um, the union movement, which is a part of 3CR. So there you go. And yes, um, think of our people who work in the sex industry on Tuesday um, with International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers. I'll get out of here for now and leave you with Nicolette Forte and a beautiful track that she wrote a couple of years ago called Hold Your Hand. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.